0: All right. So today is our last day. Crazy. This week has gone by so 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 fast. Super fast. Okay. And so today, for both ses- for both sessions, we will be looking at the book of Second Timothy. Um, the book of Second Timothy. So, who here has read it before? Has anyone read the book of 2 Timothy before? Yes. Yes. Have you guys studied through it? Yes? Okay, praise God. That's awesome. So you should know a little bit about the background and the historical context of the book. That's good. Okay. All right. So 2 Timothy. Is it anyone's favorite book, by any chance? Besides me and Desiree, one of our favorites? No. It's okay. All right. So, it will be. Hopefully, it will be by the end of today. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Who can tell me <laughs> who the author of Second Timothy is? Paul. Well, yep. Does anyone know about Paul's situation at the time that he wrote this book? He was imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know which imprisonment? Mm-hmm. Yes, there were two Roman imprisonments in Paul's life. And so um, you guys know the, the prison epistles, you know, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, all those ones. That was Paul's first Roman imprisonment. And then, um, <clears throat> yes, I believe all of the pastoral epistles, but at least, actually, I don't want to say that. The second letter to Timothy was written in Paul's second Roman imprisonment. And so, yes, this was more serious than the first one. And we see that Paul actually has an understanding that his life and his time on earth has actually come to an end. Um, yes. I was told that we were allowed to shut the door, so going to shut the door. See you guys' in the eyes. <laughs> uh, yes. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's Paul's second imprisonment. And if we look at verse 4, um, chapter 4, verse 6, this is an indication that, you know, Paul knows his time has come. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. Okay. And so, yes, this is actually Paul's last letter that we have. You know, it's his final words as someone who knows he is about to die. And so, this book is waiting. What this book carries is, yes, the wisdom from someone um, who has devoted their entire life, decades, to serving Jesus and doing the craziest things. In Jesus' name. And so, yeah, Paul's heart, I believe we see a lot of Paul's heart in this book. And so, um, something that is very interesting is in verse 1-1, Paul is facing death. He is going to die soon. And he says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, For the sake of the promise of life, that is in Christ Jesus. And so here we just see Paul's incredible perspective. And that even when he's facing death, he can look at his life, he can look at Jesus and say, in him there is life. In Jesus, and Jesus alone, we are promised life. What a perspective, you know? Um, Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so who can tell me about who this letter was written to? Yes, did you say Ephesus? Yeah, Yeah, awesome. So can anyone tell me a little bit more about Timothy's situation at the time that he received this letter? So what we know about Timothy is that he was put in charge over the church in Ephesus. Uh, the Ephesian church was really struggling. They were false teachers. It was a very dark city. And young Timothy, um, Paul's disciple, was sent there to sort of reorient the church, get it back on track, and get it thriving once again. Um, <clears throat> yes, and so can anyone tell me what the city of Ephesus was like at the time. Say that again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was... I believe in Ephesus, there was actually one of the seven ancient wonders of the world, and it was the temple of Diana or Artemis, who are the same names. Um, and in this temple, it's recorded that there were... 1,000 temple prostitutes. And so Ephesus was a port city, which means, you know, sailors and traders from all over the known world at the time would come into Ephesus to trade, to go worship at um, the temple. And yes, so Ephesus was a city, and being a port city, many different religions um, had come in, you know, uh, mystery religions Other, yes, other things. And so Ephesus was a city of idolatry, a city of wealth, a city of greed, and a city, um, yes, filled with sexual immorality. And that is where, yes, the Ephesian church was planted, where Paul spent three years, and where Timothy finds himself now. Yeah. And so... yeah so I think one of the well one of the very important things in studying this book is to really getting into to really get into the mindset of Timothy because Paul wrote this letter to him and so we should seek to understand Timothy's situation and his mindset at the time and so Paul gives us a few clues here in um, verse one six we see that Timothy yes he hadn't really been walking in his calling, because Paul, Paul says he needs to rekindle the gift. This means that Timothy was not walking in his gift. And so in verse 1-7, we also see, um, yes, Paul says God did not give us a spirit of cowardice or sometimes a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity in different translations, And so that, if Paul had to write that, that meant Timothy was currently walking through that. Timothy was fearful. Timothy was timid. Timid Timothy. And so, yes, in one eight, Paul says, Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord, um, but join with me in suffering for the gospel. And so that indicates that, you know, maybe Timothy had gotten to a point where... um, The city of Ephesus was so bad that he was actually scared to go out and be an evangelist in the streets. Um, Yes, there was idolatry. There would have been persecution. This was a difficult city to live in, a difficult city to believe in Jesus in, and an incredibly difficult city to try to lead a church in. Yeah. And so imagine... From Timothy's point of view, you receive this letter, and you know that your mentor is in prison, and you read that he is actually facing his death. These are your mentors and your spiritual father's last words to you. And so in the darkness of Ephesus, you can imagine Timothy was sitting in his home, reading, re-reading and re-reading this letter. Yes, this letter from Paul, who was facing death because of the gospel of Jesus, and a question on Timothy's mind, is this worth it? You know, Paul, my spiritual father, is actually being murdered for this cause. Me, in Ephesus, a city of persecution, a city of such sin, how is this changing anything? How is doing anything in the name of Jesus worth it? Is it worth it? And he receives this letter. Yeah. And so in the middle of Ephesus, surrounded by idols, temples, temple prostitutes, trying his best to lead a struggling church that you know, false teachers have infiltrated, it is to this young leader, Timothy, in this dark and difficult situation that Paul writes this letter to. Okay. So that is the backdrop. That is, um, yes, the briefly the context behind 2 Timothy. Yeah. And so with all that being said, we are going to, um, yes, just dive in and look at a brief overview of the book. Okay. Yeah. And so you guys have studied this. You guys have read through it. There are many commands from Paul to Timothy in this book. Um, I have counted 22 just briefly going through it, underlining every command. And I'm sure I did not get all of them. Um, Yes, and so these commands can be grouped into different sections that are sort of related by theme. And so, um, yes, they can be grouped into different sections called a charge. And so a charge is a command with a purpose. And so the structure of... I need pen... Um, <clears throat> I didn't realize I needed a pen. A pen? A pen. pen. Okay. Yes. So, it would just be nice. I'm so sorry, guys. Okay. Yes, the introduction is the first two verses, and then when I get a pen, I will draw on the board just because I think it's good to see it. We have charge one, which is to rekindle the gift. And this is from chapters um, 1, verses 3 to 7. Okay, so... Um, 310 2, 4, 8 and then the last verses are just a conclusion. There's an introduction and a conclusion right here. Okay. And so, when I study, one of my favorite things is understanding the structure of the book. It's literally so key in just deep study of books of the Bible. As you guys know, you guys are Bible students. Okay. So Yeah, we are just briefly going to overview this. And then Des will go deeper into one of the charges in the next section. Okay, so, yes. Charge one, rekindle the gift. Timothy was not walking in his calling. He was afraid. And so Paul encourages him, go back to who you are. Go back to what God called you into. Super, super simple. But not, I guess, if you're not, walk, if you're not walking and you're calling. Okay. Second charge is to be steadfast in Jesus. Yeah. And so... This part contains one of my favorite sections in this book. And we see it... Um, yes. From 2-1 through 6... And so in 2 1, Paul encourages um, Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes into three different examples in verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. And so who can tell me what these examples are? Off the top of your head, anybody? Or you can read the, your Bible and find out. That's okay too. So from 2, 3 through 6, Paul gives three examples for Timothy to follow. We see that um, Paul says, Yes. Share in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So the first example we see is a soldier. And then in verse 5, the second example Paul gives is an athlete. And then in verse 6, we see the final um, illustration that Paul gives is a farmer. And so these can seem like actually really random examples, but they all are very similar. They all have um, at least one thing in common. So a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. What do you guys think that all of those have in common? So what each of these have in common is steadfastness. A soldier has to endure, you know, endure war. They have to, yes. An athlete has to endure to cross the finish line. They have to endure training for years and years and years. And then a farmer has to endure, he has to be steadfast, to see the crop come in for him to get the harvest. And so in this section where Paul is talking about be steadfast in your faith in Jesus, he gives him these three examples. And so along with... Um, <clears throat> yes. Along with the similarities of steadfastness... Um, yes. Yes. Other other things that we see are obedience. A soldier must be obedient to his commander. An athlete has to obey his rules. And a farmer, yes, a farmer just has to be patient and do what he's supposed to do day in and day out. Yeah, And so... I really like this section. There's so much that we can pull out from it. It's really, really good. Um, And then, does someone... Yes. Can someone please read chapters 2, verses 11 through 13? 11 through 13. Here is the first what he's saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. We disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, Yeah, and so that is, you know, still coming into this theme of be steadfast, endure, be patient. Yeah, if we endure. And then also the beauty that even when we aren't perfect in enduring, Jesus remains faithful. So. Okay, um, after this, we come to the third charge, which is to walk in holiness. Um, Yes, and this was especially relevant for Ephesus, because the city was seeped in sin. The city was saturated in sin. And so, for Timothy, the leader of the church, and for the church themselves a way that they would evangelize to the broken people in Ephesus was to live differently, was to walk in holiness, live lives of light in a city and, yes, just a place of utter darkness. Yeah. And so... Yeah. And so one of the... um, sort of reasons why Paul gives this, you know, section to walk in holiness um, is, yes, 2 verses 20 and 21. Can someone read chapter 2, 20 and 21? But any great house here are not. For his own. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the leprosy, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master. Be careful, every one of Yeah. And so, this concept of holiness in your translation, sanctified, is that what is what you said? Sanctified was in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this, yes, this concept is two things. This idea of holiness. One is um, the moral purity, the moral integrity that believers and followers of Jesus are um, meant to have. And the other is um, dedication to God. So a really simple way to think of this concept of holiness um, is a quote by Paul Washer. Have you guys heard of Paul Washer? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He is, yes, he's a very... Incredible preacher in America. And so he said this, to be holy is to be separate from sin and separated to God. Um, Yes. And so Paul says in this section, separate yourself from sin, you know, shun youthful passions, pursue righteousness um, these kind of things, and also dedicate yourself to God with, his, um, with these verses about the special utensils. Um, 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. And so someone who is holy and someone who is working for God. That is what Timothy and that is what the church is called to. And then we come to the, yes, the fourth and final charge, which is to follow Paul's example. What an example, the life of Paul, right? You know, Timothy is, you know, told to follow his example, and that's pretty, it's pretty crazy calling. Okay, can someone read chapter 3? Verses um, 10 through 11. 3 10 through 11. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, passion, persecution, affliction, which name unto me at until. At Icon, at Israel, which persecution I endure but out of them only God delivered me. Yep, yep. And so, yeah, in this section, Timothy is called to follow that example. Um, <clears throat> and it's so interesting how Paul doesn't just list the good things. You know, Timothy, follow my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. But Paul also talks about his persecutions and his suffering. To even in that, Timothy needs to follow Paul's example. And Timothy was well aware of everything that had happened to Paul. Because Timothy had been with Paul in his journeys, you know. Um, Timothy understood the weight of what Paul was saying here. Because it was very weighty. Yeah. So we, yeah. Can someone read four, six, through eight? Four, six, through eight. And these are Paul's last words besides the conclusion. So whoever reads it, can you please read it with the passion of a man who has lived his entire life serving Jesus and is going to die for him? Four, six. Through eight. For so I have already been born like a dream of a and the time for my great departure is near. I have fought a good fight, I have, I have finished the race. I have, I have, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge will reward me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have long for his grace. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, so in verse 7, do you guys see the three things that Paul lists here? Mm-hmm. He says, I have fought the good fight, number one. I, have finished, the I have finished the race. And the third, I have kept the faith. And so do those three things sound similar to something that Paul has actually already said before in this book? And if so, can someone just shout out what they think? What Paul says here is actually very similar to what he, to the three examples that he gave at the beginning of chapter 2. In chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. So there, Paul first talks about being a soldier. He then talks about being an athlete. And then he talks about being the farmer. In his charge to Timothy to be steadfast in Jesus. And then in this fourth and final charge, Paul says, Like a soldier, I have fought the good fight. Like an athlete, I have finished the race. And like a farmer, I have kept the faith. And so, yes. We're going to do something right now. And I would love it if all of you guys could actually close your eyes and just imagine something with me. Yeah? So everyone just close your eyes. Alright, so you are Timothy, and you are in Ephesus trying to lead a church. You're struggling, you're doubtful, you're fearful. You don't feel like you can walk out the calling of God on your life. People call you Timid Timothy, because that's what you're walking in right now. You're walking in fear. And you heard news that your mentor, your spiritual father, is going to be put to death because of Jesus. And even more fear is struck into your heart. God, how can I, Timothy, do what you have called me to here in Ephesus? When Paul, my mentor, is murdered for preaching the same message that you've called me to preach, how can I do that, God? And so as you read these letters, as Paul encourages you to rekindle the gifting that you have, to remember your calling. As Paul encourages you to be steadfast in Jesus and not turn to the right or to the left. You read this and you see Paul encourage you to walk in holiness, to walk in light, in a place of darkness. And at last, you come to Paul's final charge to you, which is to follow his example. And you're sitting here, and you don't know how you could possibly do it. Like, Paul, I don't know how I can be a soldier. I don't know how I can be an athlete. I don't know how I can be a farmer. I don't know how I can endure in all this persecution, in this situation. I don't know how. So you've read through the letter and you come to verse 4 6 and you hear these words from Paul your mentor and they speak straight to your heart As for me I am already being poured out as a drink offering as a libation and the time of my departure has come I Paul have fought the good fight I have been a soldier for the cause of Christ I Paul, have finished the race. I was, yes, I was obedient. I walked in holiness. I played by the rules and I finished the race well. I, Paul, have kept the faith. I have been a patient farmer, sowing seeds for the harvest of righteousness in Jesus Christ. And I have kept the faith for the harvest. And so you're Timothy, you're sitting there And you just finished verse 7. And you are filled with hope because your mentor, someone who is facing death, someone who has been a soldier, an athlete, a farmer, someone who has fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith, and is now facing death, can say in verse 1-1 that there is a promise of life in Christ Jesus and so you are filled with hope. And so you guys can feel free to open your eyes. Um, And so we don't really have any more information on how Timothy did. Did Timothy remain in Ephesus? Did Timothy give up? Did Timothy abandon Jesus like other fellow colleagues and workers of Paul? Did he do that? Or was he faithful, or did he stay? A shining light of beacon and hope leading the church in Ephesus. The Bible doesn't say. But we have a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs, and it documents, yes. Persecution and lives of the early church fathers and what ended up happening to them. And so in this book, we see that Timothy, timid Timothy, at the end of his life, um, he was still in Ephesus. He stayed there. A young man, he was appointed in Ephesus and he stayed there doing his ministry. Yes. Carrying out his ministry fully, as Paul tells him to in verse five, four or five. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so it was when Timothy was an old man. I believe it was under the reign of Domitian, Emperor Domitian, and there was an idol um, festival, and Timothy, this old man comes in front of this procession of idolatry, this procession of paganism, a slap in the face to Jesus. He comes before that, the celebration of everything that's against Jesus. And he rebukes them. He rebukes them for their ridiculous idolatry. This old man, Timothy, still faithful 30 or more years after Paul sent him this last letter. And so what ends up happening is these um, yes, these pagan worshippers end up beating old man Timothy um, with clubs so severely that he actually ends up dying from his wounds. And so, <clears throat> yes, we see that Paul's four charges to Timothy, they worked. You know, Timothy didn't abandon Jesus. Timothy stayed steadfast in his calling even unto death like his mentor. And so while this book of 2 Timothy was not written to us the truths that we find in here are definitely written for us for our benefit as 2 Timothy 3:16 says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. And so every book of the Bible, 2 Timothy, helps equip us for every good work. And so with the dreams that we, um, yes, that each and every single one of us have in here, the calling of God on our lives, some to be pastors, some to be evangelists, some to be missionaries, you know working with youth, all of these things. Paul's charges to Timothy are actually the charges for us today as well. And so when you guys as students go out from here, when you graduate, you know, and you step into the ministry that God has for you, the ministry um, that God is going to use you for, to bring glory to his name, to bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven... Remember Timothy. Remember the charges that Paul gave to him. Rekindle your gift if it if the fire, you know, begins to wane, be steadfast in your faith in Jesus, walk in holiness and to follow Paul's example. <clears throat> yeah. And so that is the book of Second Timothy, a brief overview.